Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Chrisman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week I bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, professors of theater education, and teaching artists that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. So grab your coffee or glass of wine, plug in your headphones, or turn up your car stereo, and relax. Thanks for joining me for these heartwarming conversations and practical advice from other theater teachers on the front lines making a difference in their students' lives each and every day. I'm excited to welcome to the podcast for this episode Matt Ludlam of LudlamDramatics.com. Uh, he is in Flower Mound, Texas, and I am very excited to hear all about uh, what he what he's doing with it, with uh, with his website and the posters and the tchotchkes and classes and everything. <laughs> uh, but Matt, welcome to the show, and uh, just kind of introduce yourself and, and share your story of how we got to where we are now. Hey, well, thank you for having me. Well, let's see. I studied theater at SFA, majored and graduated with education from there back in, oh my God, 2002, 2003, 2004, something like that. And I taught a creative dramatics for elementary public school in the Louisville ISD pub, uh, school system for about eight years. And I had a bit enough of that for a while. And so I decided I was going to do anything but teach. And so I got a job at a call center and during the training, I said I needed to go to my car to get something, and I drove off and never came back So, because I, I just couldn't handle sitting at a desk and just cold calling people all day long. And then after that, I was kind of a little despondent because I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. So I taught for eight years. I wasn't really interested in pursuing theater as an actor. That wasn't my skill set. And then right in the middle of the night, like in the middle of summer, after about a month of heavy drinking and pondering the deep things, I realized I should just start my own, you know, kind of free form freelance teaching company and Love Them Dramatics was born. I bought a website that night off GoDaddy and business cards. And with about four months, I had about 10 private school clients that I started servicing where I would just go and teach like a drama class or two and then leave and go teach another two. And I've kind of kept that going. And about a year into that, it's like I need some supplies for my classroom. So I went to the teacher store and there wasn't a single thing nope. for theater, like not a thing. <laughs> I was like, okay, this sucks. Well, I, I'm, I'm feeling entrepreneurial. I'll do something about that. And so I printed up about five posters. I had a friend design them. I think we printed up a couple hundred of each and we took it to the TTA theater conference that fall, like about a month later. And we sold out of all of them because everybody wants supplies for their classroom. You want stuff without having to make it yourself. And so from that kind of start, I think I had some improv card decks too that we sold back then. Uh, I released an app called the Amazing Improv Generator that was alive for about five or six years that we had going. And I finally shut that down. But now I think we're up to 45 posters with Love Them Dramatics and t-shirts and tchotchkes. And I'm still running the private teaching thing. I've got about 12 schools under my belt that I still teach at every single day. So I'm I'm burning the candle at both ends. It's busy. Well, I'm I'm a little exhausted hearing all that. Um, because <laughs> uh, uh, what do you what what do you do what do you do outside of the teaching and and the other stuff to take care of you and and support you? Well, my self care is I've got kids. I've got a beautiful girlfriend. I've got two children of my own, and my kids live with me full time. And we kind of do a partridge family thing. We play a lot of instruments. I play guitar. And we hang out, lots of video games, and 
it's a good time. I do podcasts. I have my own podcast and I release that on my own and things are, I, I keep busy, very, very busy. It was one of those pandemic people that took on more projects. And now that the real world's kind of starting back up, I'm like, Oh God, how do I handle all this? So it's a challenge. Well, but it sounds like things are going well and, and it's, it's, feeding that that teacher part of you as well as not necessarily being in the the physical classroom like you were um so what I, i'd love to hear because i know i know there are some teachers who many teachers who hit that burnout phase who hit that this is not what i want to do um and and sometimes there's some shame in that can you just kind of share a little bit more about your story with that and and what what led to that what led to you leaving the classroom i had um I had a difficult situation in my classroom where I don't speak much Spanish and our school right before I had uh, taken the job there had just re just rezoned everything. And so it went from being a primarily English speaking school, which is what they told me I was going into, into a school that where most of the kids don't speak English at all. And of course there are a lot of other people coming in. And so I survived and I did my best and then we had some administration that just really didn't care. It was kind of like, you know what? You're a theater teacher, you're elementary, you're special. Just, just do whatever and keep people out of my office. And that just burned me out. And for whatever reason, the thought of transferring to another school or going somewhere else just didn't really occur to me. I was like, okay, I just, I guess I'm here. This is my life. This is what I'm doing. And then finally, I was like, okay, screw it. I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. And then once I realized I could get jobs anywhere, I was like, oh, there are other places I can teach. Not every principal sucks. Not all schools are <laughs> trying and difficult. I can find different scenarios. And it was a real eye opener because I don't know, I, there's a lot of teachers, a lot of people that just like you start teaching at a school and I go, well, this is my fate. now. It's either teach or who knows what I did college for four years. I did my student teaching. And that's not the case. I mean, you can always take on a different career. And I highly suggest if someone is not happy doing what they're doing to either look teaching somewhere else or look at another, you know, another field, because God knows we don't need miserable teachers mm. in the world. We need as many positive ones as we can take. But it's tough, especially after this last year with pandemic. I know I, for one, was teaching in person and online at the same time. And theater in person and to keep the people at home invested it's it's difficult it's mm -hmm. i never hope to go through that again i'd like to do my best to either be in person or just online but hopefully those days are starting to get behind us we'll see hopefully fingers crossed yeah um well I, when you when you were laying in bed and you decided that the this this new entrepreneurial route you were going to take and um you got the website going um what were some of those some of the, the skills that you, you took from your teaching career that helped you uh, with that? And then what were the things that you were like, I have no clue what I'm doing. I need help. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I definitely needed help with the business aspect of things, of setting up a company, an LLC. And I ended up going to my local chamber of commerce for my town. And there's always people there who are willing to mentor, usually people, especially in the financial area. Like, oh, yeah, I found... Um, uh, just a CPA. And he's like, Oh, no, I'll set you up. I'll help you do your taxes. Just, you know, you're my client now, but I'll get you through all this. And so we did that. And that got me going. But for the rest of it, my educational background really helped me, especially my theater background, because I had no problem, you know, going in front of people and you know, the fake it till you make it. 
every every job interview, every call, every school I stepped foot in was an audition. So I just put on the face, put on the right costume and just pretended to be who I needed to be. And, you know, I mean, all of act, all of teaching is acting. You're putting on a character and a performance for 45 to 60 minutes or 90 minutes at a time. And it's just kind of what you do to survive. It's also why it's so draining at times when things aren't going well. I mean, nothing's more soul sucking than bombing on stage. (laughs) It's the same thing with a class that bombs, the theater background really has helped me get through it. And I don't know the whole quirky band of Muppets. That is the whole theater environment. There are a lot of people just cheering me on like, Oh, this is a crazy idea. Go for it. Woohoo! I'm like, okay. Yeah. Why not? And it's worked out for me. And so I, I'm okay with that. The pandemic almost shut it all down, but you know what? Things are coming back. I've got school gigs. Life is good. Now that teachers are teaching their classrooms, people are buying posters again. So I encourage everyone, buy posters from lovedemdramatics.com. That's right. Buy some Ta-da! posters. Uh, well, <laughs> t- tell a little bit about the, the what, what you are doing with the teaching now. Um, I, I was poking through your website, and there's registration for classes. Like, can anyone register? Um, what does that look um, like? Dirt. During the pandemic, I did offer open online classes to pretty much anyone in the U.S. And I had about 20 or 30 students, mostly in the Texas area, because that's where I teach. That's where I'm known. But a few from Louisiana, New York, New Jersey. And those were primarily elementary online drama classes, as well as like primary. In fact, that's become my bread and butter lately is teaching with pre-K kids theater skills and theater classes. And my main thought process behind that is I am not show oriented. I am completely process based when it comes to theater, especially with young age. Anyone can really just force, like put the kid in the costume, stand on stage, say your line, be real cute, get pictures of the parents. But it's really hard to be satisfied with the end product when you're dealing with really young kids. (laughs) It's a very frustrating thing. And I found myself, I'd have all this anxiety about, okay, we have to do the show. The show was coming. I was like, what if I don't do a show? What if we just focus on theater fundamentals and the skills you learn on theater? We can do theater games. We can do plays and skits in class, but we're not going to be constantly working towards the show. And that just removes such a huge layer of anxiety from myself and not just myself, but from the kids. Because when you have these young children that are freaking out whether they can say that line or an adult or a director say, no, no, you have to say this. Don't smile. Don't laugh. You have to hit your mark right there. When you remove that, they enjoy theater so much more, but they're still learning a lot of the fundamental skills. Now, I don't think that's something that's perfect for like a high school or a middle school, but for elementary and younger kids, by removing the dog and pony show and just focusing on the process, I feel you get great results and kids either really come out of their shells or they really just learn to harness that energy they already have. And that's kind of been my big selling point. So I target myself towards Montessori and private schools. Some of these schools, I am their regular specials teacher. One day a week, I'm there. Every kid comes to my class and sees me as part of their school day. Other schools, I'm like their after-school club where they have to register and sign up. And I take like six to 20 kids and they pay me monthly and we do the same thing. I mean, it's just the parents are paying me and I come in as not part of the curriculum. It's It's been a ride. It's kind of a stumble to find my spot. My initial rule or area I was targeting was homeschool groups. And that was difficult. And homeschool groups are a different beast. I'm sure there's a lot of homeschool educators out there. And a lot of the different homeschool groups in my area are people who either want more religion in their school or want none at all to like a very extreme amount. Or they have children that just for whatever reason don't fit in or have a hard time functioning in a normal school classroom environment. 
And it was like hurting fleas to try to get these groups together. And I was like, oh, I'll just I'll just target the private schools and let them do the work. Because I had met a, a gymnastics coach not too long before then who lived in a fancy house and drove a fancy car. And he was teaching my daughter some skills. And I was like, well, what do you do? He's like, well, actually, I make most of my money just going to these schools and teaching classes. Like, oh, I can do that. I can I can do theater. I can do all this stuff. And so I target towards pre-K, kinder, elementary age. I do some middle school work. I even do some high schools occasionally, but most high schools have their own theater program and don't need an outsider to come in once a week. So here I am. Well, love them dramatics. <laughs> I would love to know where where your your passion and your heart for teaching theater began. Cuz I know you studied for you studied it in college, but did it begin before that? Oh, oh yes. I was um I was a wild, uncontrolled youth, and the theater <laughs> classroom was kind of my sanctuary. My home life was crazy and all riddled with all kinds of helter-skelter crazy stuff going on. And so the theater room was the one place where I could be silly, I could be emotional, I could do whatever I need to, but I didn't get in trouble for it. In fact, it was encouraged to some degree. And while it took a little bit of you know learning to rein it in, it really did teach me you know, where I could act out. And that just developed a love of it. And now I'm not a great actor at all, but I studied theater nonstop. And I was in all these theater classes because it was my safe, happy place. It was where I excelled. And so when it came time for college, I was like, oh, well, I I guess I'll do theater because that sounds like the next logical step. And I learned that I like being the safe, happy place for a lot of these, the Muppet Show kids, the, the youth that don't really have another place to fit in, or this is where they fit in. And I like hosting that environment. I like being in that environment. And that's where my passion for it is, is that creating that that happy, fun place. Some people like the show. I like the kids. The parents suck, but I love the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that you call them the, the, your, your Muppet show. I always call them my Island Misfit toys. Um, yeah. And I lovingly refer to them as that. And they, they came to love that. But that, I love that. Um, I you If you would... If you don't want to talk about it, I can edit this out, but I want to give you the opportunity to, to uh, talk about your podcast if you would like to do that. Oh, okay. So about two years ago, myself and a group of teachers who will na- remain unnamed started a podcast called Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast. And um, I see familiarity. Have you heard of it? I listened to that one. I didn't know you were involved in that. Um, I'm Elvis, your host. Fantastic. we're about to record our 100th episode this Labor Day weekend, but that was born out of frustration of just all of us wanting to talk and vent but not seeing each other. And it was a small group of theater teachers, and now we have a, a very mixed group of people that like cycle in and out. We have, I think, if there's seven or eight of us. And about once a week, we all get together on Zencaster and record and talk. But no, it's been a small podcast. I think every I think we're up to maybe three thousand people listen every time there's an episode now on a good week, and we're priming up for our third year. It's, it's kind of exciting, but I don't talk a lot about it because I try to keep my my that personality out from my private schools because I don't want anyone to say, "Oh my gosh, he has this really common teacher opinion," and a parent hears and they want off of my head or I lose my job. But I'm not really as worried about that anymore. Um, in fact, most of the schools through some way or another have found out or heard or a teacher's been like, I recognize your voice. I- I've heard you somewhere before. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I have this podcast. I-, I never mentioned schools or anything specific, but it's there. So I am slowly coming out of the 
coming out of the podcast closet out of my pseudonym for that one, but I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep, I play it close, close to the vest, but I'm happy to share it with your audience because I, I don't think anyone's going to try to turn me in or make me lose a job for that one. <laughs> well, I know I have shared things that you all have put on social media and I've, I've told people to listen to your show because I said, I think I'm the school day. And then you all are when the teachers go out for a drink after school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I, I love it. And I'm, I'm, I'm just excited to, to know, know someone <laughs> a part of that. That's cool. No, um, that, that's my baby at the moment. That's one awesome. of the many. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I would love to hear one of your favorite stories from your career so far. One of those funny moments, touching moments, a horror story, anything at all. Okay, so I had mentioned when I first started teaching that a lot of my kids did not speak English. And so I was first week of school, green, new teacher. I had student taught at a campus that was very, very difficult. And they had offered me a job under um, uh, Nancy Prince. If some of you guys who have ever had the textbook Exploring Theater, she had written that in the early 90s, late 80s with her teaching partner. And she was my mentor teacher. I studied under her and she was retiring and they offered me her position. However, she was so amazing at her job. There was no way anyone could feel, fill those shoes, especially, you know, a 23 year old kid like green out of school, even after teaching under her. And so I took a job in Louisville and none of my students taught English. And all of a sudden I had 28 five-year-olds who don't speak the same language as me for a drama class. And I didn't know what to do. And so it was the first week I was kind of fumbling. And all of a sudden I was like, I was able to get their attention through pretty much like pantomime and magic tricks and anything just that didn't require a lot of verbal instruction. And I was like, okay, I need to put on music. I need something. I need to get this last five minutes of this class done. And so I had the theme for Star Trek The Next Generation, and I put that on, and then I had some, like, shiny silver balls. I was just kind of moving around and doing just – I was really just doing anything to hold their attention. It was like a horrible teaching moment. (laughs) And then once the song finishes, I look up and I hear clapping, and there was four teachers standing in the doorway watching me the whole time, just doing a, a goofy dance with balls to Star Trek in front of five kids who had no clue really what they were seeing or what they were going on other than that was their drama class. And so that that's kind of my biggest horror story. I, I've learned a lot since then. I've learned I don't need to, you know, just dance around to random music to keep five-year-olds' attention, but oh my God. Yeah, that that was a horror story. I, I hope to never go through that again. <laughs> well, um, what, for, for those first-year teachers who are starting... Uh, like now or have already begun or will be in the next week or two. Um, what is what is one thing that you wish you had learned um, that, that you couldn't have learned in a classroom, but you had to on your feet? Um, really, I feel like, I feel like for, especially for teaching theater, 60% of what I learned in the educational classes was useless and didn't really prepare me for the classroom and I had to learn in person and from watching, you know, others. But I think the big one is to network and ask for help. No matter what, if you can find someone in your district, someone in your building, someone in your area that does what you do, and just compare notes. Go just like, hey, so so you do this, how do you do this? What, just someone to ask help for. Because in my strong, thick-headed way, I did not want to ask for help from anyone. I was gonna figure this out on my own. My ex-wife at the time was also teaching brand new, just to school down the street. And we compare notes, but we were both just clueless on as to what we were doing. We didn't have the forums and groups and everything that 
you know, now, especially with social media, we have access to now, you know, back in the old days of 2004 and 2003. But I would recommend anyone network and ask for help as much as you can and just utilize what's there for you. Don't be embarrassed to ask or, or to show or to say you don't know something. Well, what are what are the things you're looking forward to this year? And what can we expect from Ludlum Dramatics over the <laughs> next year? Well, my for Ludlum Dramatics, we just released, I want to say, I think, four brand new posters. I released some at the very beginning of the pandemic, but as no one had classrooms, things were kind of slow. And I just released some new ones. But my new avenues, we're making a lot more custom shirts and theater-specific T-shirts that are gorgeous and amazing. I've done screen printing stuff before. And I just kind of donated greatly, discounted all my screen printing stuff to a school outside my area. And we got a really fancy high depth sublimation, sublimation printer. And so we're about to have all kinds of neat t-shirts and gear for theater kids and for theater teachers to show their personalities and show who they are without having to you know, break the, break the bank doing it. And for me in school, I'm really just looking forward to being in the classroom with the kids because right now for a lot of the schools where I am, the kids are so excited to be back and to see their friends, everyone in person. Even if we're having to wear masks, they don't care. They're happy to do it and jump in the games. And while I was kind of dreading and had a layer of funk going over me going into this school year, now that I've kind of had a week under my belt, I'm actually like, okay, this is going to be fun. This will be all right. I know what I'm doing. The kids are excited. I don't have any classes where I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't handle this. It's everything's looking good. So I'm looking forward to, you know, teaching, doing what I'm paid to do, what I studied to do. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, teachers listening, it's ludlumdramatics.com, all your posters and theater tchotchkes for you. Um, and the Teacher Needs a Drink podcast, I can't recommend that enough. One of my favorites. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Matt, is there anything else you'd like to talk about that, that we may not have gotten to before I ask my last two questions? Um, you know, I'm just going to put one thing out there for all the teachers out there. And it's kind of the mantra when we, we have on our teacher needs drink podcast is please take care of yourselves that are out there. Make sure you, if you start to feel you're going underwater, either emotionally or just over your head with work, talk to someone, either talk to your family, talk to friends, talk to your administration, even go see a counselor. I can't, I can't plug counseling and therapy enough. A lot of districts offer it as part of your healthcare plan. It's nothing to be embarrassed about, and it's just it's good for your sanity and to help you know what direction you're in. To get an outside, unbiased opinion on what you're doing and your thoughts and opinions. I think everyone can use it. So take care of yourselves, everybody. That's right. That's right. Well, well, Matt, I'd love to know what is a resource that you are currently using or have used that is a must-have for theater teachers. Well, other than love them dramatics posters, <laughs> um, I am a strong advocate and big, big pusher of youthplays.com. I think they are an excellent play resource. I love their program. Jonathan Dorf, one of the one of the main people there, is amazing. He's a great playwright. And they have great passion for what they do. And they're very available to help out teachers and theaters that are having an issue or have questions about rights. I know some of the play companies you have a hard time reaching out when you know you have a question about something or when you're waiting to hear back youth plays is amazing and i can't push them enough they are wonderful and then i'm also a very big advocate of using dramanotebook.com i have a yearly subscription they have all kinds of resources that come free with a subscription all plays that you can produce in your classroom without having to pay, pay extra fees you just have to let them know you're doing it 
So Drama Notebook, Youth Plays, I, I push them very, very hard. They are amazing companies run by great people. Excellent resources. Thank you. And my final question is, what is what are your parting words of wisdom for new teachers entering the field or that veteran teacher just needing an encouraging word right now? You can do it. <laughs> oh, oh, um, oh, I have to have something better than that, right? Out of all the wisdom for new teachers... Everyone trips their first year. Just keep on going. Keep on pushing. Don't let it get you down. Everybody trips. Well, Matt, (laughs) I have enjoyed chatting with you today, and I wish you all the best this year and getting to see your students face-to-face and creating some great work with them. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, LudlumDramatics.com, Teacher Needs a Drink podcast. Check both of them out um, and and show some love to Matt by purchasing some of those posters and T-shirts and other goodies for your students and for yourself. Matt, thank you for talking with me today. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. This was great. And that is a wrap for this episode of Fed Talks. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. Tune in next week for the next one. We have so many great teachers coming up and so many that have already been with us. So if you are not already subscribed to the podcast, go on your favorite podcast provider, subscribe to us, rate us, leave us five stars, review us. More importantly, share the podcast with those theater educators in your life who you think could benefit from what we're doing here on the show. Visit our website, www.fedtalks.com for the pages for all the teachers who have been on our show. Email me at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. If you have an idea for a future guest on the show or suggestions or topics that you'd like to have on the show, email me. I love interacting with you on there and I always follow up. Follow us on all of the social media that's out there. We are out there on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks. On Facebook, we have a Fed Talks page and Instagram Fed Talks Podcast. Once again, our website is www.fedtalks.com. Thank you, teachers, for all that you do. Thank you for listening. Continue to be the lights that you are and changing all those lives. I appreciate you. Take care.